in uh, chapter, just starting chapter two. Hi, Jill. Um, uh, the book of Zechariah. Um, we just finished up with the four horns and the four carpenters, uh, which was talking about uh, the, the empires that had overcome Israel and the fact that God then used uh, each empire successfully to destroy the next one and called them four carpenters. And according to Schofield, this is the fourth coming up of the 10 visions. Some people put eight visions, some people say 10. Schofield says 10. Uh, is, uh, number four is starting in chapter two. Uh, so let's just have a word of prayer together. Father, as we come to you today, Lord, we say that we have nothing uh, of ourselves uh, in, in, in any means to please you or to minister for you. So, Lord, we would call upon your Holy Spirit, and you are always faithful in regard to showing us that you have something meaningful for each one of us in our lives uh, according to uh, the various uh, writings that you have made both in the Old and New Testament. So Father uh, Zechariah uh, is only one of four that would be of uh, well five including Esther one of four um, which would be uh, Esther and Nehemiah and Haggai and Ezra uh, and all of these uh, are associated with Zechariah. They all had to do with Israel uh, after the 70 years of captivity, coming back to rebuild the temple and the city and uh, be your people uh, in their place uh, one more time. Lord, we would... Uh, would have hoped, I suppose, that um, they would come back and forever be faithful to you. But that just isn't the case. And so uh, a couple hundred years as they went by after the time of Zechariah, uh, the Jews entered into uh, their very religious period where they they uh, developed uh, the laws uh, to a fine degree 
and forgot about the spirit of the law, the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and uh, But we thank you that one day in our future, uh, you will return. You know, you'll return in the rapture, but then seven years later, you'll return uh, what we call the second coming. And the whole world will see you and Israel will be brought back uh, into fullness uh, in that time in what we call the millennial kingdom. Well, we bless your name. Mm -hmm. Lord, we, we call upon you uh, to teach our hearts and all these things, Lord, we are dependent uh, on the person of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. uh, the fact that we have sought refuge in Jesus Christ and we have you as our eternal Father in heaven. I thank you for all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay. And Patty, I don't know if you're there or not. I can, all I see is a, a seal. No, I don't. That's not you, Patty. That's Jamie. That's Jamie. I got a good picture of Jamie's roof, I guess, or uh, Jamie's uh, ceiling. I'm not sure what. There, oh, there, that's better. There's <laughs> Justin. Or, uh, there, now I can, I can, uh, I can see. And I have a number of cross the main okay you um did you lose me for a minute you did yeah okay. all right well i'm back <laughs> okay i lifted up my eyes and looked and behold a man with the measuring line in his hand and said i whither goest thou and he said unto me, to measure Jerusalem, to see what is the breadth thereof. And angel that, uh, and said unto him, run, speak to this young man, saying, Jerusalem shall be inhabited as towns without wall and for the multitude of men and cattle therein.
for I, saith the Lord, will be unto her a wall of fire round about and will be uh, the glory in the midst of her. Um, you probably, or you may have wondered who this man is. We think it's probably the angel of the Lord who has the measuring line. I would still, that would be the same angel that sat uh, on the first horse that was uh, given to us in chapter one. I think it was a white horse. Um, and he is getting another angel to help him measure this, the city, uh, but not as it was right then. And it was giving a prediction that even though uh, Jerusalem having at best 50,000 people uh, as its inhabitants at this time, one day would be very large and that there would be no need uh, for walls around the city. Uh, now, uh, you may remember that when the city was being rebuilt, that uh, one of the jobs that had to be done, which the, the book of Nehemiah is all about, is the building of the walls. Um, and uh, it was no small thing that the people were being attacked uh, by those inhabitants that lived around them, the, if you would, the Palestinians, uh, and they didn't want those people to come back into their land. But the Lord said in verse five, that in the future, there will be no need for a wall, for I uh, will be your wall and the glory in the midst of her. And of course, we know that in the millennial kingdom, uh, after Christ has come back, that he will be with his people in the flesh, in his new body, uh, which he had immediately uh, after uh, he uh, went to his father. And uh, he in that body will be uh, with Israel at Jerusalem and that the whole world uh, will find that Jerusalem is her capital and uh, is the most uh, renowned city in the world and holy unto the Lord. Uh, and so uh, Zechariah goes on and says in verse six, ho, ho, come forth and flee from the land of the north. Well, the land of the north was that area 
um, where Israel was taken into captivity. Uh, it's interesting, it's always the land of the north, uh, even today, which includes uh, Gog and Magog and uh, Russia and Turkey and uh, Libya and lands to the north um, will be coming against Jerusalem. Well, they did come and uh, they are being mentioned as having uh, put Israel into bondage. Uh, and this went on for 70 years. And as you know, God moved in a heart of King Cyrus to declare that the people could go back uh, to their city. Uh, and it's quite a thing that God did in the hearts of the kings. Uh, even um, the coming of Christ was uh, uh, tied to uh, one of the kings who declared that the city would be rebuilt. And in 445 BC, the 70, or pardon me, the 69 and the 70 weeks of Daniel were uh, started at the time of the uh, edict of Artaxerxes in 445 to, uh, to rebuild uh, the, the uh, or to finish rebuilding the temple and uh, the city of Jerusalem. Uh, I, I've got to say that out of, I don't know, maybe, you know, a million or two million or more people that have been taken to Babylon uh, and there were many in Assyria also who were taken captive sooner than that. They were not from, uh, from uh, Jerusalem or from Judah, but uh, the 10 Northern tribes were taken into captivity starting in the year 721. So, and you probably will remember that uh, the Northern Kingdom uh, was much more quickly taken into uh, Satan's domain of idolatry and ungodliness uh, than was uh, Judah. And so Judah was taken uh, into captivity starting in the year 606 and the captivity uh, um, brought Judah and Jerusalem uh, to the destruction of all of Jerusalem. I think it was in the year 586 after they had rebelled against Nebuchadnezzar twice. Uh, so they, they weren't very smart uh, 
in regard uh, to humbling themselves uh, before God's chastening. And therefore, uh, they were simply ceased to exist as a nation uh, until the time uh, when God, under the edict of Cyrus, would allow them uh, 70 years after 606 to go back, that'd be 586, I think, to go back uh, to Jerusalem. And that's what Zechariah is, is all about uh, in regard to uh, God's promises uh, to his people uh, in regard to the future and also uh, his, his uh, warning the people that you know, you went into captivity once and there's no need that has happened again. Uh, if you will but follow after me. But they did not. And uh, so in along about 32 BC or probably AD or so, they actually crucified Jesus Christ. And in 70 AD, Jerusalem was destroyed again and did not exist as a nation uh, until it was brought back to life by God and uh, became a nation uh, in 1948. Uh, yeah, Zacharias says, uh, deliver thyself of Zion that dwelleth with the daughter of Babylon. So he's telling these people who went into captivity that they should come home. But most of them did not. And that speaks uh, to the hearts of men. Uh, I mean, they belonged in uh, Judea and Jerusalem, uh, but they <laughs> made friends with the world and they um, did not want to give up their cushy spots that they had developed for themselves in, in these faraway lands. Uh, and I think speaks to the fact that, uh, you know, being that Jeru Jerusalem was the only place where they could truly worship God according to the law, that they should have yearned to go back, but they did not. And so is the story of men. Men uh, find it tiresome uh, to continue on with the Lord. And some uh, finally just go back, um, uh, but others uh, stay uh, in the land of bondage, which is the world. And that's 
what we should understand uh, probably first about the problem of Israel. Uh, for thus saith the Lord, after the, after the glory has he sent me unto the nations which you, he that touches you touches the apple of his eye. Now, that's referring to the sensitivity of each of you, uh, which I understand that if you poke your finger in the pupil of your eye, uh, you have uh, touched a very sensitive spot. And that is what the apple of the eye means, that I, uh, the Lord said, am very uh, uh, interested. And I have spoken in regard to Jerusalem that it will always be that center of the earth from uh, according to uh, my heart. And uh, unfortunately, the hearts of men, uh, for the most part, were not uh, after God. Um, and in verse 9, he says, For behold, I will shake mine hand upon them, that is, the nations uh, that came against Israel, and they shall be a spoil to their servants, and ye shall know that the Lord of hosts has sent me. Now, uh, I, I suppose it had, uh, uh, that was a encouragement from the Lord for the people who had gone back uh, after 586, but is even more uh, uh, prophetic and meaningful when we understand that big parts of the book of Zechariah speak to the final return of the Jews to Jerusalem uh, after uh, the Great Tribulation starting the Millennial Kingdom. And we'll read more about that later. So the Lord says, by the way, I wanna say, glad you're here, Wayne and Nick uh, and Brianna, glad you're here. And Fred, I'm glad to see you. And I'm glad to see Isaac's family on. So uh, I see David still has it. He just didn't make it home. He's, yeah, he's, he's right probably there. hungry. <laughs> and so, for behold, I will shake my hand upon them, and they shall, shall be a spoil. In other words, the time will come when the, the, all the gold and silver and the riches of these nations um, that had come against uh, Judah and Jerusalem and um, in a broader sense, all of Israel um, will uh, 
become enriched uh, from the gold and silver and all the goods that these uh, enemies of Israel uh, did hold for themselves. And so he says in verse 10, Sing and rejoice, O daughter of Zion, for lo, I come, and I will dwell in the midst of thee, saith the Lord. Um, now, uh, I don't think there's any way of get, getting around it that uh, he is prophesying there uh, regarding the millennial kingdom. That is a promise that Jesus Christ in the flesh, that is heavenly flesh, shall um, take up his throne and shall be the king priest uh, for all of the world uh, during the millennial kingdom. And many nations, verse 11, shall be joined to the Lord in that day. That's speaking, when you see the nations, it's talking about the Gentiles. And in that day, regarding the millennial kingdom, the, many people will come uh, to Christ during uh, the hard days of the day of the Lord, which will be the seven years of tribulation. And many Gentiles will be saved and shall be my people, and I will dwell in the midst of thee, and thou shalt know that the Lord of hosts has sent me unto thee. Of course, speaking of Christ. And the Lord shall inherit Judah, his portion in the Holy Land. Uh, and that's got to be talking about the portion of um, the Holy Land and the portion of Jerusalem, which is set apart just for the king. Uh, and it will be uh, only uh, for him. Uh, and according to Ezekiel, for example, it covers a considerable amount of, uh, of territory. And the Lord shall inherit Judah, his portion in the holy land, and choose Jerusalem again. Be silent, O all flesh, before the Lord, for he has raised up out of his holy habitation. And so the Lord, uh, as it were, to some degree, uh, took the blessing uh, from Israel and from Judah of, uh, of their living in the Holy Land. Um, but the Lord, uh, after a while, every time the Lord uses a heathen nation to chasten Israel, eventually he raises up himself 
and destroys that nation. And that's what he is telling us there. Uh, be silent before the Lord, for he is raised up out of his holy habitation. Uh, there's a book written, I think, called When the Lord Stands Up. Uh, if I recall, uh, the deacon, uh, the first deacon, Stephen. Yeah, Stephen. When he was, uh, when he was stoned to death early in the Book of Acts, uh, and he looked up at heaven. The Lord, the Lord was standing up. And we know that he normally was seated at the right hand of God. Um, so when the Lord stands up, then we should pay attention. And he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. Now, much of you know, but some may not, that... Uh, the name Joshua in Hebrews and the name Jesus uh, are interchangeable. And so uh, uh, in, uh, in the Old Testament, uh, you hear people talk about Yosea uh, and uh, Joshua would be uh, that that name now this joshua was not jesus christ there were many people uh, in israel named joshua over the years and um, uh, he was brought to jerusalem during this whole process of the rebuilding and the building of the walls and the building of the temple, the foundations and so on, and the rebuilding of the rest of the city, uh, Joshua was brought uh, from afar and he was uh, their high priest at that time. So of their number, uh, he was the high priest and uh, Zacharias sees him standing before the angel of the Lord. So this is a obviously a one of the visions, uh, the fifth vision. Um, and as we see here, Satan was standing at his right hand. And so these people like Joshua that uh, were men uh, yet uh, were uh, before God anointed to be high priests uh, in Jerusalem uh, are always going to have Satan there to resist them. And of course, we in our own strength Never take him on ourselves. But the Lord said, 
in verse 2, uh, the Lord said unto Satan, the Lord rebuke you, O Satan, even the Lord that had chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee, is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? Speaking, the, the Lord speaking regarding the fact that Israel uh, was uh, like a brand uh, or a piece of glowing charcoal, if you would, as it was about to burn, was plucked out of the fire. That's how God sees uh, his deliverance of those who call upon him. Uh, and I've got a cross reference to that in the book of Matthew chapter one through four. And uh, I would, uh, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 22, one through 14. And let me read it for you. Uh, it's one of the parables. It's a parable you ought to be familiar with <laughs> because we just, uh, in the last few weeks, have gone over it. And Jesus answered and spoke to them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is likened to a certain king which made a marriage for his son. And, and he sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding, and they would not come. Again, he sent forth other servants, saying, Tell them which are bid, bidden, behold, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen, my fatlings are killed, and all things are ready, come unto the marriage. But they made light of it, and they went their ways one to his farm, another to his merchandise. And the remnant uh, took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. My goodness. Mm -hmm. And when the king heard thereof, he was wroth. That means he was angry. And he sent forth his armies and destroyed those murders and burned up their city. Then saith he to his servants, the wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. Go ye therefore into the highways and the byways and find uh, those and you shall find bid those who are bid to the to the marriage so those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all as many as they found both bad and good and the wedding was furnished with guests and when the king came in to see the guests he saw now this is what i want you to notice we're thinking about Joshua, the high priest, standing before the Lord. And the parable says this, and when the king came in to see the guests, he saw 
there was a man which had not on a wedding garment. Um, that's very important. And he saith unto him, friend, how camest thou in hinter, hither, not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then said the king to the servants, bind him hand and foot, take him away and cast him uh, into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth, but many are called and few are chosen. Now, keeping that in mind, uh, we have Joshua standing before the Lord and verse three says, uh, now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel. And he answered and spoke unto those that stood before him saying, take away the filthy garments from him unto him uh, he said, Behold, I have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee, and I will clothe thee with a change of remnant. Now, here's um, a thing that we should learn, that at the wedding feast, it was traditional that the host of the wedding feast would hand to each of those who were coming to the feast when they came into the uh, into the house, he handed them their very own wedding garment, and it was white and spotless. And so the man who uh, did not have the wedding garment is like Joshua who was standing as high priest before the Lord with filthy remnant. Um, and uh, if you look into the meaning of the words, you will find that uh, it tells us that part of the problem with the filthy garments was he was covered with excrement. Uh, he was um, disgusting to the Lord. And just as that good man who called the people to the wedding feast, uh, God will give us or does give us if we belong to Christ and, and he will uh, at the marriage supper of the lamb give us a white robe that we might stand before him uh, perfectly undefiled uh, and our filthiness taken, having been taken from us. So he said in verse four, because or behold, I have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee, and I will clothe thee with a ch change of remnant. Uh, 
verse five. And I said, let them set a fair mitre on his head. I had to look it up, what, what mitre meant. It's a turban. Uh, so uh, the people in Eastern countries still wear turbans and uh, that's what's being referred to here is, and the one who is speaking is Zechariah. And I said, let them set a fair turban on his head. So they set a fair turban upon his head and clothed him with garments and the angel of the Lord stood by. And the angel of the Lord protested. I looked that up. Uh, he spoke solemnly, solemnly, and he spoke very pointedly uh, to Joshua, saying, In other words, uh, listen up, Joshua. Thus saith the Lord of hosts. If thou shalt shall, or wilt walk in my ways, and if thou wilt keep my charge, then thou shalt also judge my house and will uh, uh, and shall keep my courts, and I will give thee places to walk among these that stand by. And now I've got a, uh, a reference that I wanted to read to you Revel in Revelation uh, 19.7. And it says this, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor unto him for the marriage of the lamb is come. Uh, isn't that wonderful? Here we have Zechariah some uh, 500 years ago speaking to us about uh, the uh, marriage uh, marriage supper, speaking regarding the uh, the mores of Israel, and then in the last part of the New Testament, we find there is a marriage supper of the Lamb. Now, this isn't the only place that that occurs, but this says a marriage of the lamb is come and his wife has made herself ready and my friends we should think about that are we ready for the coming of the lord are we ready to stand before him clothed in the righteousness of jesus christ uh have we gone through that thing we call salvation? 
which is totally of the Lord. Um, and there is going to be uh, many who wish they were with the Lord, but they will have been cast into outer darkness because they did not have uh, on the marriage robe. Uh, the marriage of the Lamb is coming, and his wife has made herself ready. Uh, you know, the scripture says uh, that we should not take uh, being a Christian as something common. But it is the most wonderful thing. Um, and let us remember that the word says, um, let him that thinketh he standeth. You listen? Let him, and Christ said this, that thinketh he standeth, beware lest he fall. Um, there's there's several things I could say about those of us who will be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. But uh, what will draw us all into one beautiful company is that we will all be saved by the blood of the Lamb. And we will all be justified because we have trusted holy in the Lord. And more than that, I tell you, we will have turned away from the world. Uh, I only uh, need to remind you I, uh, once again that if, if we love the world as the people who like to stay back in Babylon, uh, those that First John tells us, love not the world. For if any man loved the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And it is God who hands out these robes. It is the righteousness of Jesus Christ, for we have none of our own. And the, the scripture is clear in a thousand places that those of us qualify um, under grace and because we believe that we look to none other, that we are not distracted. We grow into the image of Jesus Christ. And as he was not distracted, and he told those around him that he had to be about his father's business, he told them that, um, that he did the works only that he saw the Father do, and that he was totally subservient 
to the Father. That is the person that we have been given the opportunity to grow into. And if many, as many think that through some uh, prayer or some church membership or baptism or any other thing other than being justified by faith, and loving God with our whole heart and our all of our might and our strength. All of these are in the scripture. And those will be the only ones who are going to be at that marriage supper. I'm sorry, but loving the world or being distracted or thinking that that uh, loving Christ or being Christian is um, just a part of our life where it is life itself. We have made a terrible miscalculation. And I am afraid that that is the status of the professing church in the world today. And I know you probably get tired of hearing this, but I am but teaching you that which the, the Lord teaches us over and over in his word. Being a Christian is life, and it's the only life, and it is our life, and it is my life, and I understand. God, that we are dealing with almighty, holy God, who has told us that there are many pitfalls where we might stumble and that many might apostatize uh, before the Lord, uh, which, by the way, for those that do apostatize, it will mean that they never knew him, even in the beginning. And so doing what we do uh, in being Christians is absolutely, totally, 100% of our place and our worship of the Lord. And so, God gives Joshua, uh, and it's unfortunate that apparently not many years after this, that Israel began her long slide again to the, to the first coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when he comes, or when he came, he found, for the most part, people who thought righteousness was something that they did 
and did not understand that righteousness is the white spotless robe of justification given to us for because of one thing that we believe and trust in the work of the Lord Jesus Christ with all of our hearts. And Joshua was warned. And uh, for all that I can see, Joshua uh, as an individual did heed God's warning. We go on to verse 8. Hear now, O Joshua, the high priest, thou and thy fellows that sit before thee, for they are men wondered at. For behold, I will bring forth my servant, the branch. I'd like for you uh, to know that uh, the Lord being called the branch is uh, one of the names that he is given uh, by the Old Testament. I remember he is a rod out of the stem of Jesse, but he is also the branch. And when I read in uh, Isaiah chapter 11, I read these words, verse 1, uh, Isaiah 11, 1, and there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. What other book is like our Bible? It is consistent all the way through. Well, where we read about the branch uh, and then we read about it again and we read about it again by other writers, 40 men who wrote the Bible, uh, 66 books, and they are all but complementary one to the other. There is not another book in the world. Do you know that all of the other religions of the world, including uh, the Koran and uh, the, uh, the books of Mormon and uh, the, uh, the books of the Hindus uh, and on and on, not one of them has fulfilled prophecy where God in his Bible not only is consistent from one uh, cover to the other cover, but uh, he um, uh, tells us those things that are true and he reinforces them over and over again. 
And I want to read you the, the rest of chapter 11 of Isaiah, which says a branch shall grow out of the root of Jesse and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. You understand that reverential fear that each of us has or should have in regard to the Lord. Uh, and shall make him, verse three, uh, of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears, but with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with equity the meek of the earth. What does that remind you of? The meek shall inherit the earth, the Beatitudes. Here it is, way back in Isaiah. Uh, written 700 years before Christ, uh, and then Christ in the Beatitudes, talking about the fact that the meek shall inherit the earth, and he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, uh, referring uh, mostly to the tribulation period, and with the breath of his lips, shall he slay the wicked, think of Armageddon, and righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins, and faithfulness the girdle of his reign, and the wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf, and the young lion, and the fat one together, and a little child shall lead them, and the cow and the bear shall feed, and their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox, and the suckling child shall play upon the hole of the ass, and the wing child shall put his hand on the cockatrice's den, that's a snake, and he shall not hurt, that they shall not hurt, nor destroy in all my holy mountain, that's the world, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord. And the rest of that chapter is certainly worthy of reading. Do you know, I was reminded of this today. I don't know if you know what I do um, through the day, but a major part of it will be listening to sermons or studying the Word of God. Uh, I've been listening. Patty, I know you listen uh, to a lot of things, and the rest of you uh, take Note, there is a guy uh, that you will find on YouTube that I've been listening to for several months. And uh, he is from one of the churches called the Calvary Chapel, which generally uh, turn out to be 
uh, Bible-believing churches, but this guy, John Barnett, got uh, it down. Uh, he, YouTube is filled with things that he speaks about, and he speaks about all the subjects of the scripture. He has questions, and he answers the questions with a 50-minute sermon. Uh, and uh, I have not, in many hours of listening to him, I have not found one thing that I disagreed with him on. Or I should say he disagreed with me, but <laughs> uh, we are of one mind. And I tell you that he is not like most of the television uh, pastors. He preaches from the word of God. He takes it verse by verse. And he's, he does an excellent job. And he uses overhead so you can, and this really helps. It would help you, I'm sure, with what I'm doing right now. He shows you. Chuck Missler, the uh, the text on the screen, and uh, makes notes on the screen so that you can write them in your Bible. So I hope that you will take the opportunity to find him on YouTube. He's uh, maybe fifty years old. Uh, he's totally on top, bald. And he is a kind, and uh, he's not a hellfire and brimstone preacher. Uh, but uh, I'll tell you, when it comes to talking about those things that are hellfire and brimstone, uh, he will not uh, withdraw uh, at all. And he tells us the truth. And I need as much of that. Uh, I am edified. Uh, you know, preachers need to be edified like anybody else. And I am edified his ministry. Um, and then I'll finish up here when I find a place to. Hear not Joshua the high priest, thine fellows that set before thee, for they are men wondered at. For behold, I will bring forth my servant, the branch, and behold the stone that I have laid before Joshua. How many times is Christ referred to as a stone? He is the rock. He is the stumbling stone. He is the stone that breaks the feet of um, the statue of uh, Nebuchadnezzar's uh, statue in the fourth kingdom. He is the stone that breaks the legs and the feet of the giant statue into pieces. He is the stone that will destroy the Antichrist. Uh, and here, he is the stone I have laid before Joshua, and the stone shall have seven eyes. 
I would refer you to Revelation 5, chapter 5, verse 6. Uh, and behold, uh, and lo, in the midst of the throne of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood the Lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes. Zechariah was given that message 2,500 years ago. And then in the last book uh, of our Bible, we find it written again and in other places. Uh, scurried lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes. And it tells us there, and usually that's the way scripture is. That truth that your scripture has is progressive. And it usually, as you go forward, gives you more information. And not only do we see that the lamb was as if it had been slain, uh, but the, the lamb had seven horns, that symbol of power, and seven eyes, but then it tells us which are the seven spirits of God. That is the fullness of the spirit of God. It's given to us as a perfect number seven. And you should know that. And there are seven spirits of God that make up, uh, I would say, the Holy Spirit. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat on the throne. Glory be. Mm -hmm. You remember, do not, why he took the book and nobody else did. Because he was found worthy. He was the only one who was found worthy. So we say, worthy is the lamb. And I will engrave still in verse 9 of Zechariah uh, chapter, chapter 3. I will engrave the graving thereof, saith the Lord of hosts, and I will remove the iniquity of that land in one day. It's got to be talking about the millennial kingdom. When they see the Lord in one accord they will cry and wail and understand that Jesus Christ was their uh, Messiah and they crucified him and uh, in that day he will remove their iniquity. And that is when nationally Israel will be saved. In that day, verse 10, saith the Lord of hosts, shall you call 
every man his neighbor under the vine and under the fig tree. And that's when the people of Israel will all come together. There we find, I'll end there with verse 10, that there are four living plants that are used uh, to signify the Lord. Uh, there is the vine, which you find in John 15, with the vine of branches. There is um, the um, Victory. Well, Victory, I'm trying to think of branch. Oh, the branch. Wow. I'm sorry, my Alice and I have been having branch. discussion here <laughs> <laughs> about these uh, uh, these four plants. The fig tree is one. The fig tree is particularly associated with Israel. Uh, the vine of branch is also associated with Israel uh, and with the church. And the other <laughs> tree is the, the olive tree. tree. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> Thank olive you, dear. Is the olive tree uh, that also uh, is a tree that has much significance for us and the Jews. But I would say the fig tree, mostly for the Jews. Uh, these are the three trees in the word of God that uh, tell us uh, something about the Lord, which I, don't have opportunity to go into right now. But that's our lesson for tonight. We will start next time in chapter four. Uh, the visions continue with the vision of the golden lampstand and the two, there it is, the two olive trees. And God has quite a bit uh, to say in Zechariah uh, chapter four about the olive trees. Uh, in fact, uh, if you want to read ahead, you will find something said about them in the 14th verse of chapter four. So God bless this message to you tonight. Uh, I it is spoken to me uh, and the soon we will get to the second half of the book of Zechariah where we will find even more messianic and millennial prophecies uh, regarding uh, what the Lord will do in our future. Do you know of any other 
religious book in the world that has never been found in error. I listened to a, a long dissertation today by uh, a man named Ken Ham, or actually the book from uh, that I ordered about uh, the creation of the world. My friends, uh, as I would tell you, there's no such thing as evolution. I would also tell you that the world is not billions of years old. I don't know if I've told you that before, but the scripture is clear. Uh, and there are many reasons why we should know that the timing of the scripture uh, puts the formation of the earth about 4,000 years before the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And sometime I will, I will spend uh, a lesson or two talking about that truth, because there are many Christians. Uh, John Piper is one. Our, our young man uh, from uh, Atlanta, Andy Stanley, uh, and most preachers think have given in, and this only occurred after 1800, have given in to the idea that the universe uh, is billions of years old. This is not true. The scripture uh, gives us plenty of evidence to know. Uh, do you know, I have, sorry, I had to tell you one more thing. Do you know that until man sinned, that there was no death in the earth, death of animals, animals that prey upon one another. We just read that passage that said in the millennial kingdom, the lion will lay down with the lamb, the child shall tread on the den of the cockatrice or the serpent, uh, the animals, um, the lines will eat straw. Do you know that there was nothing that died until man sinned? And with sin came the fall of the whole creation. And uh, I knew that, but I hadn't thought for a long time. And I was so impressed today. I listened to a man from Creation Research uh, talk about, for an hour and 10 minutes, he talked about these kind of things. Uh, it's out there. The truth is out there, my friend. Uh, don't get your truth in the world. We get our truth from the Word of God. And... Uh, you will see 
the book of Ephesians that the Lord Jesus Christ wants to work out his truth and his knowledge in each Christian's. And so let's look for it and not take the foolish answers of men. Mm. Let's pray together. Mm. Are there questions? I'll, I will give you opportunity. Any, anybody have anything I wanted to say? Well, I love you all. Mm. We pray for you all. And we will all soon mm -hmm. be at the marriage supper mm -hmm. of the Lamb. Mm -hmm. Why would I be looking forward mm -hmm. to other things in this world when I'm looking forward to being forever with the Lord? Mm -hmm. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. You said, well, you said, Jesus said, I am the word. The word is alive. And when we study the word, the spirit of God, and, and without which uh, these would be only words, but these words are alive because we have Christ in us to show us what they mean and to tell us of their great importance and to lead us in the path. We thank you, Lord. I pray for these people. I pray that everything that holds them back and for the, all of us, uh, there is many times when we are like Joshua, when Satan needs to be rebuked, but we do not come against him in our own name, but we say, the Lord rebuke you, for he is a dignitary. And uh, the scripture has taught us not to speak early of dignitaries that God has made. And Satan is one of the highest beings that the Lord has made. And yet he fell from the highest place to the lowest. And he is after each one of us, him and his emissaries to deceive us and to bring us to believe that what man says mm -hmm. is important mm -hmm. and what the Lord says, mm -hmm. we will only take it with a grain of salt. Mm -hmm. Lord, mm -hmm. let it be totally reversed. Mm -hmm. And we care not what men say, but Lord, you have spoken to us through the oracles of God, mm -hmm. and you have brought us into understanding and into a place of peace and rest because we 
trust solely in you. Mm -hmm. This we pray mm -hmm. in Christ's name. Mm -hmm. Amen. And amen. And God bless each one of you. I love you all. And there is Jamie. Yeah, Jamie, I see. Get your hat pulled out, Jamie. Uh, there you are under that hat. Uh, and Fred uh, and all the rest of you. We love you all. And uh, God willing, uh, if he doesn't take us home first, um, uh, we will be, uh, hopefully, according to his goodwill, back to talk about Zachariah 4 and following. Yeah. Thank you all for coming tonight. Thank you. Thank you, Jamie. See you, friends. Love you guys. Love you, guys. Love you, Love you. Love you Patty. All right. You know, Dave, I was thinking, I really, I really do hope, um, I really do hope, guys, the Lord comes back before, like the gentleman on that video this year or next year, because uh, I've just never seen things so bad as they are in our country right now. Just, well, uh, they'll get worse. The moral, the moral, oh, I know. Just the moral depravity. And you do well to see it, Fred, and understand that the one thing that is most often applied before the coming of the Lord uh, is deception. Yeah. Deception. He wants yeah. to deceive you. Mm -hmm. Then he wants to beat you down. Right. Then he wants to drag you into sand. Then he wants to make you question your salvation. And then he wants you to begin to live like people in the world. This is the way the enemy works. But we shall overcome him. And how did they overcome him? By the word of their testimony. And by the blood of the lamb. And they love not their lives unto death and so we through yeah. the lord are immune as long as we trust god to all of satan's evil calling and thank amen. the lord yeah. thank the lord for that amen